0: Hi, this is Quinn Wynn and Jesse Chu, co founders of Paper Talk. Welcome to season five. We're here to share our paper flower journey, engage with makers and artists, and support
1: other female entrepreneurs. Follow along as we give a voice to and nurture a community of paper florists from around the world. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Paper Talk. Today, we have Susan Beach with us of A Petal Unfold, and, and we are just huge fans of Susan's work. If you haven't seen her work, which you probably likely have, um, you'll know that she loves colourful pink and soft colours, and her work is super refined. Um, Susan, we are so, so thrilled to have you on our podcast. How are you doing? Oh, I'm I'm amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me.
2: I'm really thrilled to be on the show. Thank you.
0: I'm so happy to finally have met you, Susan. I, I feel like I've been stalking you for years. You're one of the first um, paper artists that I've ever noticed. And I was always astounded by your style, your elegance, and the beautiful way that you photograph all your paper flowers. is absolutely stunning.
2: Oh, no, thank you. I'm really thrilled that you, you would even want to, me to be on the show. So thank you.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> well, we <laughs> had to when we heard that you were releasing a book this year, which we will get to yeah. in a bit. Yeah. Um, but Susan, in case in case <laughs> our <laughs> listeners have not heard of you, which is unlikely, but would you introduce yourself to to our listeners? Yeah. So, my name is Susan or Susie,
2: and I'm um I also work under the name of Petal Unfolds. So that's my studio name. Um, I'm based in the UK, I'm on on the south coast um, in Hove, which is near Brighton, and that's um, just directly underneath London on the south coast. Um, Yeah, I've been making flowers for quite some time now, so it's been about maybe nine years altogether of making flowers, and then I've been working solely with them since around about 2016. Um, and I've done lots of work really with brands and things, so of which there's some really good brands, like the Financial Times and Joe Malone. um yeah, so I've been on this crazy paper flower ride for, for <laughs> quite a while now, so <laughs> so amazing. <to laughs> it's surprising see. how the, how quickly the years go, and yeah, so it's been quite a while now
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you are always inspiring every post that you post, every photo of. It's mm-hmm. so amazing to see how you no. recreate everything into paper form. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Oh, no,
2: thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm really huge fans of you as well and everything that you do and working thank so well you. together as a team. It's amazing what you managed to achieve. So I'm really big fan. So I'm a really big fan.
0: So thank you. Oh, oh thank thanks. you so much.
1: <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your paper flower journey. So, how did you start making paper flowers?
2: Yeah, so I originally did a degree in fine art printmaking. Uh, but I at that time I wasn't doing a huge amount of printmaking. I was doing getting involved in a lot of photography um, and doing a lot of digital work. But um after several years after graduating, I kind of started to feel a little bit restless with it and I wanted to go back to making with my hands again.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, I was on the lookout for something new to do and I tried sewing and textiles and it was a complete nightmare. I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't work a sewing machine to save my life. <laughs> so I was trying all these different things and just trying to get creative, really, and try out new ideas and see what happened. And then I um, came across Paper Flowers. I came across Brittany Jepsen of the house that Lars built. And she was doing incredible things with flowers at that time. And she was also doing... Um, Paper flower online class. So I decided to take that. I was really drawn to the flowers and just thought they were so beautiful and so different. I'd never seen anything like it before. Mm-hmm. Um so I took her class, I really enjoyed it. And then there wasn't a huge amount of instruction around that then as to how to make these flowers. So I found a vintage booklet off eBay, and that taught me more techniques, and then kind of went from there really. I just started posting some flowers onto Instagram and there were other paper flower makers there too. And we all started kind of developing our own techniques as well. Mm -hmm. And then they started to get noticed by Design Sponge, most notably at that time. And before we knew it, we were on a roller coaster ride of (laughs) getting attention (laughs) (laughs) and being offered work. And it it was a crazy time and also really lucky that we were in the right place at the right time as well Mm -hmm. and just on the very beginning of it all getting getting some real kind of recognition Mm -hmm. um, and no you know being noticed by people so I was super lucky to be like I say in the right place at the right time yeah so that's kind of how it all started
0: (laughs) (laughs) When did you start teaching workshops? Because I feel like that's a big component. Well, before COVID, that you were teaching quite a few workshops.
2: Yeah, I did teach before COVID. I wouldn't say I'm a natural at the beginning, of course. When I first started teaching, I didn't feel like I was a huge natural in teaching, standing up in front of people and teaching a class. But over the years, um, I have got. You know, I have had quite a lot of experience in teaching workshops, so I have built up my confidence quite a lot. And you know, I can run a class now without getting nervous and things like that. So yeah, now so yeah, I have taught my own classes for quite quite a while, and also taught with brands as well and things like that, like in-store workshops and lots of things like that. So Mm -hmm. yeah, it's brought lots of opportunities. It's a re- the kind of medium as well where it can work in a, for a brand in a, in, in store mm-hmm. and in all sorts of situations, really. So it's it's a really lovely medium to be involved in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So being yeah, I've got done quite a few workshops, but not so much post COVID though, because now I've had a baby as well as COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Priorities are shifting a little bit. So, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I would usually travel to London to teach, but whether I'm going to be, continue to do that now that things are calming down with COVID, I'm not sure. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: we'll see what happens with in person classes. And I don't know how you guys feel about them now and getting them back to what they mm. were before. But yeah,
0: I don't know if it feels different. like things have
2: shifted now. I don't mm-hmm. know, but we'll see.
1: We'll mm-hmm. see. <laughs> yeah, it is a diff- It's a different life, right? It's, the situation is yeah. so different now, in the yeah. perspective. um We definitely still do not have any in-person things here in Canada. Not yet. I think our mask mandate might be lifted later this month, but I think a yeah. lot of the businesses are still very tentative about it. So yeah, I don't blame you for that, especially if you have a child now, and it's. A You know, and a baby. For me, I I don't have a baby. I have young children, but that also means I'm much more riskier, to be honest. I'm the one who might spread the illness to other people because of my kids, you know, bringing it home from school and daycare. So, yeah, lots of things to think about when you are teaching in a small space with intimately with with people from everywhere. Definitely is something that is better to be cautious than not.
2: Yeah, even though the restrictions are mostly lifted now in the UK, it it still feels like things aren't completely back to normal.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
2: And you can see a lot of the other makers as well that are in different fields aren't doing huge amounts of classes either. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe it will build up again over time. People will start going back to them. But at the moment, it's still not anywhere near what it used to be before COVID. Yeah, for sure. And I don't really feel like
1: travelling to London.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, now so much so
1: it's hard to leave a baby <laughs> but then there's the
2: financial side of it as well like I might need to do mm-hmm. I, I might need to continue to do it so we'll see yeah. yeah
1: yeah can I ask you I mean going back to what you were talking about during the period of the design funge and the exposure and I know that was a couple of years ago was just curious was at that point did you know that you made the right choice of pursuing this or at what point did you know that oh paper flowers is for me not sewing (laughs) I think it felt exciting
2: it felt like there was huge so many huge, huge possibilities in it I think that's the thing it felt exciting and it felt different and I think it's the excitement thing like I could see potential and I could see opportunities and I could see and it was exciting to make as a creator and over time of course lots of people have continued to push it as a medium into completely new territory as a craft we all have yeah. haven't we over over time and but at that time with the design sponge at the beginning it felt we were on the very at the very beginning of it really and mm-hmm. it felt like there was this huge you know potential in the craft as well and And also how beautiful it is um, to make the flowers, to do what we do, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to make these flowers in this way. It really is beautiful and mindful, and brings a lot to a lot of people in lots of different ways. Um, So yeah, it was it was exciting. It's exciting, and it was back then as well. You know, Mm -hmm. just to be there at the beginning and to see how far it's gone since then. It's amazing, really, and you know. Mm What's happened to it over time?
0: Yeah. So exciting to see. Like, we can see paper flowers on TV shows now in competition. And it's just really amazing to see in a short span of time five years that when we all started, it was barely there. And now it's like you see it in brands, you see it in stores. Like you mentioned, Joe Malone has reached out to multiple paper artists around the world to do workshops to do um, paper flowers installations inside the mm-hmm. department stores. It's so amazing. Yeah. The possibility yeah. of paper flower is so exciting. It just makes it me is. like giddy with the possibility of what we could actually take and do with it beyond yeah. what we have right now. I mean, the possibility yeah. of paper is unbelievable. It's grown for thousands it of is. years. And the way yeah. that the journey of paper has moved and the artist that has moved that needle be so much more than what it is. It's so yeah. exciting, and yes. I love that. You know, Jesse, you have a book. Susan, your book is coming out. Can you tell us how that all started and how people say that writing a book is almost as hard as giving birth to a baby? Now that you have both, which one would you say was harder? Yeah, I think that definitely the book actually. <laughs>
2: I <laughs> yeah I don't know
1: how you feel about it Jesse, but <laughs> I find it quite hard <laughs> it was a lot it was painful for three months versus giving birth <laughs> it was only painful yeah. for a couple of hours
2: <laughs> yeah it's even though a lot of the flowers in the book I've made before mm-hmm. I still took it upon myself to make them better to improve them so it's still didn't really save me a huge amount of time (laughs) (laughs) um yeah just agonizing over it really and um, Mm -hmm. and having the little one as well like hardly any time for me at all Mm -hmm. um like every evening would be spent on the book and I'd have like one night off a week so every moment going into it and and the pressure For sure, as well of meeting the deadlines and getting it right—it's quite a lot. But super lucky to have been able to given be given the opportunity to do it, and you Mm -hmm. know, counting my blessings really. For
1: sure, the work, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it is quite some work. Yeah, how did you find the process of writing the the? I mean, obviously, creating the flowers or upgrading the flowers or improving the flowers and then (laughs) writing the tutorial and then taking the the doing the photo shoot what did you think of that process yeah it
2: it is you know it does take a long time even though like I say I had done some of the flowers before it still felt like I was trying to make them better trying to make them the best that they could be and also trying to put things in the book that like flowers that hadn't been put in other books to, to try and let the mm-hmm. book stand, stand, on its own as well. So a really difficult balance. Yeah. So I would say. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> sorry, I've it's lost okay. my trail of thought. It's okay. Sorry. Why don't I ask you something a little bit easier? So what was the favorite, your favorite part about the book? About the process? Or what? Was your or what is your favorite part of the book,
0: or what was your most favorite flower to actually create a tutorial, or that you're most proud of?
1: There's a really beautiful sweet pea in
0: there, or sweet pea king, which is a really lovely blue colour.
2: I really love that. How wild it looks in the book and how natural it looks. I'm really mm-hmm. proud of that. And so the hollyhock as well, really pretty. And there's a really lovely lily regal in there as well that Mm -hmm. I don't think has been in another book, but I really love that flower in real life as well. It's really beautiful lily with like really lovely pink stripes on the outside, real strong yellow in the centre. It's a really pretty flower. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm super proud of that one as well. Yeah, um, what else would there be in there as well? The cyclamen. Love the cyclamen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So pretty, <laughs> always a favorite. <laughs> yeah, yes
1: every, every yes. winter
2: Yeah, so there's some real and the future as well, that's another firm favorite. Mm-hmm. So some of the ones that I've made lots before that still really resonate with me are in there as well. so yeah. so yeah, there's a really good mix, and then there's some new ones as well, so hopefully there's something for everybody in there. Mm-hmm.
0: Have you always been a lover of flowers? Like, how has that evolved? in your personal life to be translated into your paper life
2: well I think a lot of it goes back to I grew up on a farm
0: um in the Midlands
2: area of England those years really had a huge effect on me I think like a lot of people your childhood kind of have a huge effect and Mm -hmm. that really is where everything comes from I think with with the flowers and also with things that I've made before flowers as well like in the photography that I used to do it all comes springs really from those those childhood years growing up on a farm being super close to the natural world and the colors and the smells and the warmth in the summer and the foxgloves in the hedgerows and all that kind of thing. It's a very romantic kind of vision, and mm-hmm. I think it, a lot of my work does stem back to that. Um, pretty much everything that I've done, actually, even at university, it came, it went back to that.
0: Mm-hmm. So I
2: think that really did have a huge effect on me, and a lot of the romanticism and the flowers that I make now come from from that childhood. Um, come from that childhood really I think mm-hmm. yeah it definitely comes from from that huge connection with the natural world from, a, from an early age
1: really mm-hmm. do you use um fresh flowers as prototypes or do we try to, them? to
2: I try to but very often they aren't there when I need them
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <They're> so seasonal. <laughs>
2: So I do use I use books an awful lot, botanical mm-hmm. books, um, especially ones that dissect the flower. Is you'll mm-hmm. you know is really yeah. super yeah. useful. Yeah. So I do rely on photographs and books heavily, really,
0: mm-hmm.
2: especially yeah. when like brands want peonies now. I can't <laughs> I get a peony. Not <laughs> quite there yet. Do you feel the same with you with your work as well that you'll use reference mm-hmm. more sometimes? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I would say Google search. I always do. If I'm googling an illustration, I always do um, botanical illustration, botanical parts with the flower yeah. name, of course. And then one thing yeah. I've always tried to find is the backside of the flower, yeah. especially yeah. all the photos are all about the flower. It's <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> Because we have to create the supples, the little bits that, you know, from the transition of the flower head to the stem, there's so much details in that. And I think that's the really special part If at the beginning of a paper flower career, you always do, you know, the supples, the five pieces and you're done. But then if you really look at it, it's not quite like that. It's more about these itty bitty parts, these little tears, these little ripples. It's so exciting to be able to add that Finishing touch, not only the foliage and the petals and the carpels, and it's just so much more. And I think to challenge yourself as a paper artist, adding those extra details really brings you up to another level, another level of appreciation of the flower and the art. Mm, definitely.
1: Mm-hmm. We. Uh, um, I. Sorry, I have a garden. I'm always trying. That, but sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Zoom. There's a lag, <laughs> but go ahead, Susan. Go ahead. We're talking about you, not me. Yeah. I'm always
2: trying to Google as well, like how big a flower is, and sometimes it's not on Google, and it's like I need to find out how big this flower head is. <laughs> yes, we're frantically Googling, you know, Five. something flower size to try and find yeah. out how big it is. Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, <laughs> so lots of detective work involved in trying to find, to get the right references.
0: Yeah, yes. absolutely. I know. I think one of the biggest things that I always found with Google search is the people that take the photos. you never know the color resolution that they edit the flower. Is it this really bright pink or is it more yeah. like a regular pink? And you're trying to yeah. like match that color. It's so interesting. It's like, I don't know if this picture is true to the flower mm-hmm. itself. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that is another thing as well, the colors. I understand what you mean. You can you can you google it and there's like all different shades of the pink? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly.
0: Is yeah. <laughs> like, is there an ombre to this? Where's this ombre coming from? <laughs> it is like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome Blossom workshops are wrapping up and we're celebrating with an in-person party. We're hosting a workshop from May 13th to
1: 15th at Hope Flower Farm and Winery in Virginia. We'll teach you how to make two new flowers and how to arrange your paper blue. Plus, internationally acclaimed fresh florist, educator, and designer Holly Chapel will teach you her Holly-ish style of arranging using freshly cut flowers from her farm and you will arrange alongside her. Tickets are only limited to 20 students and they're
0: available to purchase starting March 25th. But if you're one of our Awesome Blossom students and you have Have the golden ticket? You can grab a spot right now and save
1: five hundred dollars. Come and celebrate with us, face to face. Head over to our website now and reserve your spot. We can't wait to meet you. We, you know what we need to do? We need
0: to challenge our paper flower community to put a book out about parts. Like (laughs) someone needs to make an updated version of all these flower parts of all things taken apart the backside, yeah, not just, you know, yeah. deconstruction of it, but also different views of it as it, you know, faces the sun, as it's raining. Like there's so many yeah. pieces of it that would be so exciting for a yeah. paper artist ourselves. <laughs> say, oh, yeah. we need this book. Yeah, I wish they
2: would do that kind of book. Yeah. Any publishers listening, feel free. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hey. <laughs>
0: I think it goes more than just paper artists. I think gardeners would be so appreciative of this book too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, um, Robbie Honey has a really good book. Oh, on. yeah, and he's yeah, dissected yes, the we, parts.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe, but it could be a little to bit more. more. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just enough to yeah. put your interest. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I just need to see another side of this, another view of this. Mm, yeah.
1: <laughs> three-dimensional
2: yeah yeah that would be the book
0: of dreams
1: let's hope it comes along one day
0: (laughs) yeah fingers
1: crossed fingers crossed (laughs) Um, Susan have you always used crepe paper yes yes it's always been crepe how did Um, you get can I ask you how you got your hands on crepe paper because you started like nine years ago and it's definitely you know, crepe paper wasn't as available at that time, for sure, compared yeah.
2: to now. Yeah, it was quite difficult back then. So I can remember when I did Brittany Jetson's course, I managed to get some doublet paper in the UK for that. But I don't think I could get the colours that she had. So I had to use different colours, which is quite common today as well, isn't it? Sometimes people swap colours all the time. Um, yes. and I also could get very thin paper that was like 40 grams. I could get that quite easily, but I couldn't get anything between doublet and really thin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, um, really but Brittany did teach in it, yeah. Brittany did teach in her class to glue two together to make a thicker paper. So um, I did do that back in those mm-hmm. early days. Um so yeah, I did work a lot with thin paper in the early days. And I think that's actually where the peony came from that I first made. Um, was that I still make that now with fine crepe. So mm-hmm. I think that kind of um, original time of, of working with the fine crepe, the ranunculus, I also made with fine crepe back then, so. It did kind of carry through a little bit at first, Mm -hmm. the the thin crepe, and then I discovered the thicker paper. And I do remember emailing Carto Tecnica Rossi about getting some of their paper, only for them to reply and say, you can actually order in the UK now, so then I could start to get the Italian paper. Uh, Um, So that was a huge, like, brilliant moment to be able to get that. Paper. Mm-hmm. But then I'd get the 180, and after working with only the fine crepe at 40 yes. grams, I got this 180 paper and looked at it and thought, what am I going to do with it? It's so yeah. thick, yeah. it's so crinkled. Uh-huh. I just couldn't fathom the 180 at first after that background of just the light,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. the really lightweight paper. So. Mm-hmm. so, but once I've managed to learn what to do with the 180. That became my favourite paper, actually. Yeah, so that was the background to the paper, to the crepe paper. <laughs> yeah, did you have a lot around when you started?
0: Not really. Um, no. In the United States, Paper Mart was one of the bigger ones. Um, so you can order the Chinese crepe paper. And we had Rosemill that came along who acquired another company that was able to bring in the German crepe paper. And then Cart uh, Finney, which is Mike Benson, he came along and brought the Italian crepe paper in. So it was actually really wonderful timing for me when I started because all these companies were recognizing, I mean, Leah Griffin started doing a lot more tutorials with them. And so I think that brought the attention of all these companies to say, oh, we can import this in. There's a need for it. And as we you know, started doing more. Margie Keats of the Lovely App, she started at the same time that I did, literally like a week later or before. Um, We were just like very close together. And then Eileen Lim in Singapore also started the same year. Like we have so many graduates of like 2016 that we all started from. So it's been quite Aww. very fun to kind of like all grow up as a paper florist around that time. And Jessie yeah. too came up a year later so that's been Aww. really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ooh.
2: strange how many more papers have come out. Mm-hmm. And yes. Much more access
1: to it now. Much easier. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Up in Canada, we supplier who, I guess the paper place, supplies most of my oh, paper. Yeah. And for a long, long time, she only carried German. So the fine crepe yeah. paper and the yeah. doublet. Um yeah and so I only worked with that and I was like, what is this Italian 180? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I think a couple years in that she started carrying it because she bought it from from my from Cart Finney So actually all of the papers brought in from the US because yeah. um, nobody in Canada has a direct access to Technica Rossi or yeah. Marola. Yeah. Except for one recent one. So yeah, interesting seeing how um, the availability of the paper has grown as our community yeah. has grown as well. And there's a recognition yeah. that there's interest in it. There's a market for it. Yeah. So, but I still have to, I can't get my hands on the German heavy crepe paper. I know Mill carries it, but I can't get my hands on that because it costs an arm and a leg to ship it oh, up here. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, the paper's not expensive, but the shipping of the paper is, it's like $50 or something like that ridiculous yeah. to ship up to Canada. So we still are restricted in terms of what we can get our hands on just based yeah. on logistics and the, and the fact that our market in Canada is a lot smaller than the U S yeah. yeah. And I know a lot of Can you of, order uh, from Carte Finney? Yeah. Can you order from
2: there? Yeah. I can. Cause I, I can. told someone yesterday from Canada about Carte Finney, but I hope I didn't tell her the wrong thing. <laughs>
1: Yes. No. We can order from from Mike directly. So that's been wonderful. Same with Rose Mill. We can order from them directly. It's just oh, Rose. Yeah. Rose Mill. It's, we can order from the states. No problem. It's the shipping yeah. that is will cost five times more than okay. your paper. So, yeah. And I know. I mean, we have. Um, you know, we know paper flower artists from the UK or even from Europe who's trying to order paper. And they have difficulties getting their hands on paper that, you know, like Germany, that's made in Germany. (laughs) They can't get paper that's made from Germany. And it's just, it's so weird how the paper's distributed, you know, the availability. Yeah, I think it's not getting
2: easy in the UK either with Brexit as well. I haven't bought from Italy since Brexit. I'll probably just buy from the UK suppliers now. Mm-hmm. But if something goes out of stock, you know you have to wait a month or two for oh. it to come back in because of making orders and getting it in from from Europe. So yeah, it's still it's still not a hundred percent great. And also, the fine the sixty grand paper is quite is really difficult to get hold of in the UK now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's still. Not perfect for, Never. A,
2: for all of us, is it? <laughs> I it's know. not better than it was.
0: Or affect affected much of the imports too? Sorry? Did you say the Ukraine war that's happening, has that affected the imports of getting supplies in?
2: It possibly will, yeah. I think they're expecting fuel prices to go up and I'm expecting things like um, delivery and... Um, delivery charges and things to go up as well probably yeah mm-hmm. very likely yep. so, Yeah. so yeah i think like everything prices are going to go up
0: for a lot of things now i know inflation so, is oh gas is so expensive now in the united states yeah it's here ridiculous. as well yeah oh.
1: it was more than a hundred dollars per barrel
0: which is like unheard of mm-hmm.
2: um, and it, it's getting really bad now yeah yeah so
1: Susan, have you always wanted to write a book?
2: Yes, it's always been a dream. Um, it took, I'd got in mind what I wanted to do really and I didn't have an agent or anything like that, but I did pitch at times um, the idea, but the offers that I got weren't always tend to be not quite what I wanted to do for some reason or mm-hmm. or the money wasn't as much as what I needed it to needed it to be so I kind of thought that I was running out of time with it completely and I I, I, I have at times given up on it as well <laughs> I've just thought I just need to concentrate on other things and mm-hmm. maybe it's not going to happen now that's kind of what I thought mm mm-hmm. Even maybe I was wrong to turn down some of the offers that I'd had before, you know, and then I got an offer again, and I thought maybe this is my last chance, maybe I need to do it and take mm-hmm. it um but then luckily, Pavilion contacted me just in time just I was just about to sign the contract, and they contacted me and <laughs> swooped in and and I was really happy to publish with them so. It's kind of been a bit of a roller coaster ride having a boot deal. Yeah. Because then, um, <laughs> then, then Pavilion were about to sign on the dotted line, and COVID struck, oh. and they said that they were going to stop signing contracts at the moment because everyone was falling into a, an abyss with COVID. Yeah. and No one knew yeah. what was going to happen, so they they stopped contracts at that point, and I just thought this is just typical. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't make this up like to get to be at that moment yeah to be at the moment where the contract is literally on the you know CEO's desk or whatever and COVID hits and stops it and of course there was lots going on then I was I was going to have my baby within mm-hmm. a couple of months as well and the world was upside down at that point so so, but they did say we'll we'll review it in f- in three months' time, and mm-hmm. it did get reviewed again, and they did go ahead with it because, luckily, craft books did do really well over lockdown, didn't they? And yeah, so, so well. <laughs> um, and maybe maybe a lot of publishers did well as well because books were quite popular over lockdown in general. So yeah, so it did get yeah. the go ahead. Luckily, a few months later, which was Yay. amazing to just know that it was <laughs> going to have-
1: Yes. <laughs> what a journey! So, yes.
2: Yeah, you couldn't make it up really, but yeah, I'm really super happy to have done it now, and and to see it go out. Although I think there it, it might be a little bit of a delay in it going being out in the US because mm-hmm. I think it's not going to be until the end of the year or even the beginning of next year before it 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 might be out in the US. No, so there's a little bit of a little delay with that but it yeah. will be out in the UK on the 7th yeah. of April so oh
1: my god That's so exciting I know
2: <laughs> it's so soon oh my gosh <laughs> it is yeah it's really quite scary it's really exciting <laughs> and really quite scary at the same time yeah but I just hope that people like it and enjoy it and get a lot from it I really do hope that so fingers crossed I think they will. Sure they will for April the 7th.
1: <laughs> Yay! It's beautiful. Mm. We got a sneak peek oh. of your book oh, in the insides. You, and it's yeah. just, I mean, your, your flowers are beautiful. The way you've explained mm-hmm. how you do things is wonderful. But your photography, did you take the images yourself or did you have a photographer work? with no, you? No, I was lucky that Vellian offered a photographer
2: and a stylist. So... I was lucky to not have to do all of that myself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I worked with a really lovely team, with a photographer, a, a stylist, and a designer as well. For the book, was on the shoots as well. So there's quite a team of us working on it, and I was really, really lucky to work with those people and learn a lot from it. Um, yeah, so, so I really hope that people like how it looks as well. It it was difficult as well to give up to give up the flowers to other people to photograph as well it it I'm was sure. something that did make me nervous yeah um
1: but you were there, there. Co- you were there right yeah so I was, was there like yeah I you. was there for all the shoots
2: yeah to see the decisions being made as well yeah mm-hmm. so there was a little bit you know there was a little bit of nervousness there as well at giving my for way sure. to, to other people but I was really lucky to work with a great team so
1: so, yeah, I'm really pleased with how it <laughs> I'm so happy oh. to hear that. Because <laughs> I know, I totally understand. As, like, as an artist, and you're used to shooting your own flowers a certain way, and you yeah. presenting them and styling them in a certain way, you have a very distinct aesthetic as well in photography. Yeah. So having someone yeah. else capture your flowers, I understand you might be worried about you know, whether or not they yeah. capture it in the way that you would. Catherine yeah. or see it in a way that you would see it and be able to kind of yeah. show that off i think they did a good job yeah, it's a brand yeah. new experience to be in that position really
2: mm-hmm. yeah but yeah i'm really happy and oh yeah it was a great it was a great opportunity <laughs>
0: <laughs> so with the book coming out in april how do you plan to celebrate and pamper yourself on this great accomplishment
2: Oh, I think there may have to be a glass of um, Prosecco or champagne on that day.
0: <laughs> yes, a wonderful way to celebrate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, it will be quite a day. But yeah.
1: How did you feel, Jesse, when yours came out? It was surreal. I think. Because yeah. it felt like only I knew about it. I mean, obviously <laughs> the online world knew, but. You know your neighbors don't know, and your your child's teacher doesn't know. Um, yeah, life still goes on the same. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you celebrate a little bit, um, but it. But then you know you kind of <laughs> move on from there. Uh, <laughs> and I'm terrible, though. I'm a terrible example. i because I don't. I personally am like I shy away from celebrations, and I shy away from. It's it's a whole how I was raised thing where you know celebrating you celebrate but you don't celebrate too much and so yeah I often yeah, I you know I, I don't know if it's a female thing too where it's yeah you celebrate and you're but you can't do it too much so we celebrated that day and my my husband is much better promoter than I am um, and <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on that but yeah yeah no, that's that's about it if, I think it will feel like that. a bit of a relief as well
2: yes Yeah, when it comes, I think it will feel a bit of a relief that it's out there now Mm -hmm. and it's it's done, and you know you can move on to the next thing. And yeah, know, it must feel like a really big relief as well to see see it out there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, I'm like that as well. I don't think I'll celebrate anything huge. It will just be maybe a drink and
0: you know, clink clink
1: and that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, my only recommendation would be really just to you know, and I wish I had lived in the moment more, but just to, like, take that time to live in that moment and remember yeah. what it feels like to be a published author because yeah. it passes so quickly. Yeah. And then later on when you go back, you can remember it, you know, even if you're not yeah. celebrating like crazy, at least you've taken the time to take in that moment because it's yeah. in our busy lives and you have a, you know, you have a, a baby or a child and it's hard. It's hard to focus on the now and today. And yeah. If there are any moments, you know this one. I think you should. Yeah, Yeah. well worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember having the first
2: copy in my hands, and it came in an envelope, and I didn't know what it was, and then I suddenly realised, and I was
0: like, "Oh, that's so exciting!" (laughs) What a wonderful
1: moment that must have been. Yeah, nervous. Probably nervous too.
2: Yeah, I think oh. that will probably be bigger actually than the than the release date because it's actually there in your hands and you're going to open it so and true. It, And I think that's mm-hmm. that's one of those it's you know, real right? those huge moments with the book. I think is getting that first copy in your hand and yeah,
1: mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everything,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> all the feels, I love it. all the feels. Yeah. Yes,
0: <laughs> that's true. Oh my gosh. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Susan, for being on our podcast. It's been a true pleasure chatting with you, and oh, I feel no, a little bit you. starstruck because I've been following you such a long time. <laughs> oh no, I'm just an ordinary girl, <laughs> <laughs> a very talented ordinary
2: girl. <laughs> no. no, thank you for having me on the show. It's re- you're really
1: generous of you. Thank you.
0: So oh, you're so I really welcome. Appreciate it.
1: We jumped yeah. at the opportunity to talk to you yes. <laughs> and about your book. And I have to say, it's a long time coming. <laughs> yeah. <for> your book. <laughs> for yeah. sure, It
2: has for been sure. a long
1: time coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we're super excited for it to be released to the world. And I know everybody's going to be really excited to get their hands on it. So, yeah. Yeah. We will do. So, honestly, we... We'll do anything, really, <laughs> yes. um, to help you get the book out in the world and share oh, it thank and you. make sure everybody loves it as much as, well, we've seen it. So <laughs> oh, <thank laughs> the publisher you. was kind enough to actually send us a preview of it, and it's just stunning. Oh, lovely! Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Well, oh, you're yeah. so welcome. Joining you now,
2: Jesse, and the author, <laughs> the author <Yay>. star. <laughs>
1: <Yes. laughs> oh my gosh well I'm
2: honored <laughs> mm, yeah
1: following your footsteps <laughs> oh my gosh it's more like I'm following in yours it's just the book mm. came a little bit ahead but yours you found the right publisher you you know you told the story that you wanted to and I think that's more important than yeah you know than anything it has to be the right fit
2: yeah. yeah 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 hopefully I just want everyone to enjoy it like I say I just that's
0: the most important thing now for sure
2: <laughs> yeah
0: We would love to thank you, our listener, and especially our patrons for supporting our podcast, Paper Talk, and for making Season 5 possible.